Hey everybody, and welcome back to Novel Gaming, a podcast about video games and books with a gleam of other pop culture. <laughs> yes. I'm Vicky. I'm Doug. And I'm Katie. And today it's book club time again. Yeah. When we are talking about Infinity Reaper by Adam Silvera, which we're all very excited to chat about a little bit later. This is actually a sequel to a book we read and discussed way back in episode 12, which was called Infinity Sun. So this time we're extra excited because this is a new release. It just came out in March. So we will get to that later in the episode. So let's do our regular check-in before we jump into book club. So Doug, have you been playing anything? new lately um most of what i've been playing is stuff that i've been playing for a while although i will say i've been playing a lot of pokemon lately um and i'm considering considering doing like a challenge like starting a new (gasps) file and doing a challenge because a friend of mine who i've been watching on twitch uh named bridge hi bridge i don't think you listen to the show but hi bridge um is doing a nuzlocke challenge and i don't want to do i don't know if i want to do a nuzlocke challenge but he was talking about other challenges he's done and one he mentioned was a monotype challenge where you basically pretend you're like a gym leader who only uses like one type and so you like pick a type at the beginning of the game and you run the whole game just that one type and then like after listening to him talk about it i was watching a drawfee episode where they were talking about that as well one of the hosts on drawfee was like yeah i decided to do an all bug run which is completely stupid uh which <laughs> makes it hilarious you know so i was thinking like it might be fun to like roll for a type like just randomize oh, a type okay and then uh and then run a game like that so i might do that just because i've be been cool. playing a lot of pokemon lately so oh Really quick, because you said a couple words I don't know. What is a Nuzlocke challenge? <laughs> so a Nuzlocke challenge, it's a, it's it's basically like a, a way to do Pokemon hard mode, if you really want that. You know, there's like all these challenges out there. And one of the most popular ones is called Nuzlocke. I don't even remember where the name comes from. I think it just comes from maybe the person who did it first. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. Um, but the the rules are basically that you have to nickname all your Pokemon, which seems insignificant until rule number two, which is that if one of your Pokemon gets knocked out, you have to release it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Shoot. So, yep, it's like permadeath. Yep. Yes, exactly. So you have to name them all. You have to release them if they've been knocked out. And I believe, uh, I believe that... Um, I, there are definitely other rules to it, but that's like the big, the big ones. And people will add like other rules to it to like you know hard mode it up even more if they want to. But those are sort of the core, core pieces of of that challenge in particular. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think monotype might be a little bit more my speed because <laughs> <Makes laughs> it's not Makes necessarily sense. hard mode, um, but it is still a challenge. So I'm thinking about doing one of those things. But as far as um, you know, outside of the stuff that I've been sort of just ongoing playing, I did because I've been craving it so much. Finally, bought the Smash Up mobile app. Smash Up is that card game that I had been that I had talked about when we did our non-video game gaming episode. Um, there's a mobile app, and it's like the core set uh, and a couple expansions, all for like four bucks. And my idea was like, you know what? I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get some friends to download it, um, and then we'll just like hang out on Hangouts or or whatever, and just play on our phones, like because we can't play in person. 
and only to find out that you can't make like a custom lobby or a private lobby oh, no. after what? I had downloaded it. Um, oh, that so seems silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It might still work out. I'll have to convince somebody to do it and we can try it out. Um, we might still be able to find each other in a public lobby. I don't really know. but um, So I've just been playing that by myself <laughs> against AI, uh, which is still fun because it's like reminding me of uh, how it all works since it is a not a complicated game, but uh, I hadn't played it in a long time. So I was like, oh, I got to remember how this works. So I've been playing that. That's cool. Yeah. Hopefully you can find some public lobby friends to play yeah. against. I've I've been avoiding it. Um <laughs> so maybe I'll try that. Uh or but not. uh computers are fine. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I, I do need to try it just to see like the, the couple times that I did sort of I guess accidentally end up in, in a public space because I didn't know how things worked. I like very quickly was like, oh nope, oh back <laughs> out, back out. out. Um but I didn't actually see anyone in there, which is why I think Maybe oh. it's just not very active, and oh. so it might still be possible to just yeah. like find each other. Yeah. Okay. But uh, but we'll see. I I imagine because of the way Smash Up works, that if I were to play in a public lobby, I would be playing against people that like know the game oh. and would it's be like, I play this deck because yeah yeah yeah. It's like I know that these factions work perfectly together, and I will destroy you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's no fun. Yeah, but I don't know. I have no idea because I'm too afraid to go in there. Yeah. Aww. There isn't voice chat through the game, right? That's always one of the biggest no. scares for me in no. public gaming. So yeah. that's good, no, at least. Yeah, that would at least be safe. Yeah. Well, you'll have to keep us posted. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about you, Katie? You've been playing anything? Oh, have I? Oh. Only <laughs> Mass Effect. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, Mass Effect Legendary Edition came out. I obviously got it instantly and started playing it. Mm-hmm. Restarted the first game a couple times to get a Femshep that didn't look... I tried to get as far away from the duck face that all Femsheps mm. have as humanly possible. <laughs> so that was fun. And uh, I forgot how long the driving in the little vehicle can take and how lost you can get in the citadel so i spent many hours just like going back and forth because there's not the map isn't uh that great so you're just kind of wandering all over the place trying to make things happen or at least that's how i spent the first part of the the first game uh, for a couple (laughs) hours just wandering around seeing my old friends and i forgot how quickly you meet most of the main characters of your crew in the first game so I'm excited to continue playing it. I'm definitely going to make all the same choices I made in the first one, uh, my first playthrough. <laughs> uh, so I'll be a paragon. I'll save. Uh, I guess spoiler alert is okay if I talk about say who I'm going to save. I'm, I'll save I'm the dude. Yeah, I'm just going to say I'll save the dude. And that doesn't give anything <laughs> away. Uh, so I'm just going to I'm just going to. Keep doing me. So Mass Effect has been my main one, and I'm so happy it's back in my life. I, nice. I want to understand. So you, <laughs> yeah. Well, so you restarted the game because it randomizes your character. You don't get to customize your character. No, you customize it. But what it looks like in your character creator is one thing, and then when you actually <gasps> play, you're like, wow, what an ugly. Oh. Sorry, all shepherds are beautiful, but what a kind of ugly <laughs> person I created. Uh, so let me restart. 
and make slight adjustments to see if this oh is gosh. better. <laughs> That's I appreciate your your intensity with the character designer. You know, you know how much I, I love it. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it has to do with the way the animation moves their face, right? Yeah. Like uh-huh. cuz you can't like test that in the character customizer. Correct. But it's so good. How does the game feel? Like cuz this is a this is a remaster, right? Or is it Yeah, it's a remaster, right? Uh-huh. It feels how I remember it feeling, which means it's definitely improved uh, because I'm sure if I were to go back and play Mm. the original first Mass Effect, I'd be like, wow, this is like a little clunky, Um, but it feels (laughs) it feels pretty smooth overall. There is still some like clunks, but it's not it like plays how I thought it did. And usually we remember the games we love as better than they actually are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Me That's too. Good. We got yeah. a long way to go, so I expect updates yes. for the next so many 10 hours podcasts. Yeah. Mass Effect <laughs> is my Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vicky, have you been playing anything? Uh, speaking of things that, that take a long time to play, um, <laughs> I I have gone back to Lego Harry Potter. Whoa. <laughs> Lego Harry Potter doesn't take a long time to play. You just no. play it over and over and I, over. I make it take a long time. It is it is endless. Um, and I, to be fair, I don't think I've really talked about it. I don't think I've had a playthrough while we've been podcasting. So no, it could be that's, new. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And this is my Lego Harry Potter uh, collection, which is one through four and five through seven. I remastered. I don't know for the PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. So it looks good. And I have been. I've had it since it came out in 2016, and I've been very, very slowly playing it. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know what made me. I think maybe Doug, when we share played Villains a oh, couple yeah. weeks back, I really just wanted to get back into a Lego game. So right now I'm just cleaning up the the world the hub world for one through four. And that's been really nice because it's given me like tasky things that I could do pretty quickly. And even every time I think I know, I remember where something is or like the trick to do something, I don't exactly remember. So it still feels fresh and not like I'm playing the same game uh, maybe eight times now. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> it's bringing me solace and joy uh, in the pandemic. Uh, so yeah. it's fulfilling its purpose. That's what matters, um, yeah. Yeah, and then I, I still am we've we've put in quite some time to Pokemon Snap, so that's still a lot of fun and I'm enjoying exploring new things. And we've slowly been watching some YouTube videos because I don't want spoilers, but it's interesting to like play this game versus original Pokemon Snap and have not assistance, but just like input from other people. Mm-hmm. Um so that's been cool to see how others play on YouTube and be like, Oh, I definitely wouldn't have thought to do that, but hmm. You know, maybe I could have this run too and see, you know, how it goes. So it's fun. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense because, like, we wouldn't have had, like, like the equivalent of social media would have yeah. been taking your cartridge to Blockbuster, printing <laughs> pictures, and bringing them to school the next day. Right. And I, I really don't know if I knew anybody else who had Pokemon Snap to even, like, talk mm. about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because it was mostly like my brother's game, so it like wasn't even my friend group at the time who would have also been playing it. So it's weird, but cool. I like it. <laughs> A quick question going back to Lego Harry Potter really oh, quick. Yeah. What yes. systems so when you <laughs> play it, so you just started on PS4. 
Uh-huh. I remember you talked a while back about getting it for the 3DS or something. Uh-huh. Yep. When you started on a system, do you finish that game before you started up on a new system, or do you have multiple files on various systems I think that I... are unfinished? Uh, nothing is... Uh, okay, I'm open to hopping around. It's just not happened that way. Um, I do have them for the 3DS, and I think I started it, but I, I only, like, started it to see what it looked like. I haven't really put a lot of hours into it. Mm-hmm. I do have my file on my PlayStation account, but then I also have one started on Collins because we were playing with a cousin, and they, mm. I didn't want to put it on mine. But I will also get a platinum for collection on Collins' account. <laughs> You're welcome, um, Collins. Yeah, right. I never mind getting you know the free platinums for the Lego games for him. So I <laughs> I tend to stick with my file, but I think that's just because that's how I've played it, not because that's my hard and fast rule. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Do you cool. know off the top of your head how many copies of that game you own across systems? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it might only be three, which sounds, you know, anticlimactic, but like <laughs> PS3, PS4, and then the DS. And I would like to get it for Switch because why not? Ah, and that, PS... that's the surprise. I would have assumed you had it for Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't because it's not been on sale and I definitely don't need it. And then I would mm-hmm. like to get it for PSP because that is another uh, trophy set. So. <laughs> or Vita because <laughs> oh, why beautiful. not I know beautiful I love it. Oh, yeah <laughs> anyway well let's talk about what we've been watching so Doug have you been watching any new fun things I am so behind on everything I'm trying oh. to keep up with and like paused on everything I've started that I've made a conscious effort not to watch new things. Okay. Because I'm so bad at finishing things. So what I recently <laughs> went back to and told myself, hey, Doug, finish this one <laughs> and then choose another one to finish was Haikyuu, which was the volleyball anime. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I picked that back up. I'm so glad I did because I feel like I had uh, like... I've had like sort of a roller coaster of a, a week ish kind of. Hmm. Um, and so it's been nice to have that show because it's like a sports anime um, and it's like, you know, like team spirit and like <laughs> also anime. So everybody's like hyping each other up and everyone's Aww. like, yeah, we're doing great things and I Aww. got your back and Aww. you've always got people behind you and you're awesome. Like, it's just like, it's such a nice thing to watch. <laughs> it's so Aww. fun. Uh, and the conflict is just like sports. So it's not even like, you know, it's not like the literal end of the world or anything um, or, you know, any sort of like super dire stuff. It's literally just like, are we going to win this game? <laughs> so I, I'm I'm really glad that I picked that back up. Of course, I will be sad when I do finish it because yeah. my goal is to finish at least what is available or the first season or whatever. I don't even know how much IQ is out there. TB quite H. Um, but, uh, at, at the very least I'll, I'll finish the first season and consider that, you know, something completed. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, um, just sort of the, the regular stuff trying to keep up with, uh, like the challenge has a season going right now. Uh, okay. drag race has international versions happening mm-hmm. that I'm definitely behind on. <laughs> uh, legendary I'm behind on. So, uh, yeah, just, just trying to keep up with stuff. Try not to start new things until yeah. I finish some things. Taking the the Katie approach to gaming yeah. to my TV watching, you know? It's really hard. <laughs> it's rough. There's so many shiny things out there that exactly. I want to engage exactly. with. 
So, <laughs> what about you, Katie? I started Mayor of Easttown recently, which oh, okay. is the Kate Winslet uh, to go on the opposite end of uh, sports, and we just need to win this game and let's uplift each other. It's a show about murder. <laughs> oh, um, oh, yeah. Uh, Kate Winslet is a detective in, uh, in a town in eastern Pennsylvania. Easttown, hence the name, mm. Mayor of Easttown. Um, and it's M-A-R-E, which I believe is Kate Winslet's name. I'm only like three episodes in, so I, details are a little fuzzy because it's been a couple days oh, since I watched Mayor. it. Yes. I thought it yes, was yes. like Mayor. Yeah. That's that's what huh. they get you, right? The ah, yeah, What's yeah. it called when a word sounds? Homonym? Homonym. Yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at you English majors. I think. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Or a homophone? I don't know. Uh, oh, God. Someone let <laughs> I think us. it's a nim. It's things. a nim, like a synonym. Ah. An antonym. And a homonym. Mm-hmm. Manamana. Mayor. 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 M-A-R-E of Easttown. Um, the reason I started watching it was because of an SNL skit. I don't oh. generally watch like full SNL episodes, but every once in a while I'll watch a skit. And they had it. Uh, they had one about it. So I watched it. And it was really funny. Uh, and the way they were exaggerating the accents, I was like, there's like no way. And then I started <laughs> watching the TV show and I was like, oh, my God, it's exactly what was in the SNL skit. So, oh, wow. It's like pretty good so far, and I am not fully invested, but I can see myself getting invested. I have to like space it out with lighter shows uh, and with breaks because it is like a pretty bleak, uh, okay, gritty thing. It is also just fun since I'm from Pennsylvania, the mm-hmm. eastern side. It's fun to hear and see things that are very Pennsylvanian. Like the pub looks like a Ooh. pub that could be in my hometown and people are drinking yingling and rolling rock constantly, which is also <laughs> something that happens in my hometown. So uh, fun connections in the murder show. I love some connections in a murder show. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Vicky, are you keeping up with your, I'm sure there's plenty of murder in Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I'm watching like double murder shows, I guess. Ooh. Um, is there a lot of murder in Grey's Anatomy? Well, what I've come to realize is when you go into Seattle Grace, you probably aren't coming back out. Uh, <laughs> they do. Tragic storyline. Yeah, I, I might have oh a little God. bit of a hospital phobia because like most oh, no. people die. Um, and yeah, that's not true. I think they do. A lot of people are saved and it's a miracle and this is why we do medicine. But there are a lot of people who just die that they can't say um yeah and they i I think this is stuff i didn't pick up when i was younger you know because i'm watching the drama not like the medical side and they say a lot of things like you know we do the best we can but there's only so much we could do and i'm like no it like saves the people yeah like what kind (laughs) of i mean you know i guess they're realists but that's not what i want to hear from like a behind the scenes of a doctor and i know it's fake but still so (laughs) yeah i'm still watching grace i'm I think officially in season five, which at this point, I know I haven't seen. I think there are things I've seen in the future because I'm recognizing some things, but I definitely didn't watch it um, consistently. So that's been fun, Mm. but also created an issue because I actually want to watch it now versus just having it on in the background. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm probably going to slow down, um, Uh but we'll, we'll continue to watch it for sure. 
The other thing I, I started kind of in between when I needed a little bit of a break was Fargo, the oh, show yeah. on Hulu. And I guess there's a Fargo movie. Oh, I, yeah. Fargo okay. the movie is, uh, I, I don't want to say famous. That sounds like a weird thing it, to say about a movie. Um, but it was like a popular, like well-received movie. I had to watch it for like a film class. Oh, huh. And hadn't seen it and was like, oh, I see why I had to watch this for a film class. This is very good. And okay. That's, you know, that's all I really know about Fargo, but. <laughs> well, and I picked it up because it had been in my saves and I knew it and it had some name recognition. So I remembered there was like hubbub about it, but I couldn't really remember what. And it was just the show. I will probably watch the movie um, when it's done. But it also has Martin Freeman in it who plays Bilbo Baggins. So that was also another yeah. reason um, that I wanted to watch it. But it is gory. It is murder. Oh. I won't say much because I don't want to ruin it. And I haven't seen the end yet, so I don't exactly know what happens. <laughs> um, but it supposedly is true, based on a oh, true story true. in Minnesota. Oh. Mm-hmm. And they said for the show, which I'm assuming has a lot more detail than the movie probably could because it's like hour-long episodes. They said they've changed the names of the people, but in order to honor the, the folks who were murdered, they have not changed the story. And it yeah. is wild. It wild. So Dang. I I want to finish it because I want to know what happens. But it is very not dark because like there's there are some points that are kind of like tongue in cheek and, and almost funny. Uh, but it's it may, like dark humor. Uh, but it's it's there's a lot of murder. Yeah, you could say so. something about murders dark. It's not. I don't yeah. think that's an unfair assessment. Yeah. I feel like I remember. I remember being surprised because because I didn't know anything about Fargo before I had to watch it for a class. Yeah. I do feel like I re- I remember being surprised at how dark it was because isn't it sort of like grisly murder happens in a small town? Isn't that sort of like mm-hmm. the, that the, the North sort of Dakota like vibe? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So huh. yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> dark sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> And they, I was going to say, you know, I'm, I'm fine with murder, but like murder with blood is different. <laughs> I'm fine with murder. <laughs> I know. They, they show murder, a lot. It's very, very physical. Um, oh, boy. Huh. Yeah. So it's, I think that's the part that's like a little bit too huh. much for me, which, I, good, I should be grossed out when I see someone get murdered. Yeah. So. Yeah. They, it, Grey's Anatomy is a little gory too, right? Uh, yes and no. It like surprises you. Don't they like, show oh, guts I don't see on like the TV screens yeah. and stuff? Sometimes. I am far more. I don't know what this says about me, but I am far more bothered by like medical gore than <laughs> I am other kinds of gore. Probably because it's so grounded mm. and so rooted in like a realistic situation. Yeah. But like, like I, I uh, am far more likely to pass out in like a hospital from seeing things in a hospital than I am seeing something on like a movie. <laughs> Because I like like scary movies and stuff, and that yeah. stuff never makes me oh, like yeah. queasy. But mm-hmm. hospitals do. <laughs> That's a good point. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Well, all right. Looks like we all potentially <laughs> need to jump into Doug's anime, so oh. that way we can be yeah. uplifted after all this murder. Jump like you're going in for a spike. Yes. Ooh, look at that. You. Yeah. Great <laughs> reference, Doug. All right. Well, anything else that anybody has been thinking about or want to share? Well, speaking of murder. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you murder someone? Just keep the this train be, going. Well, oh, no. <laughs> this yeah. won't be what you think. Oh, but good. I want to bring it up now that we've all talked about something uh, we've consumed that has to do with murder. Uh, because it'll be funny because you're not, you, you'll never guess what this next thing's going to be. Um, I started reading the Yu Gi Oh! manga. <gasps> <Huh. laughs> 
Oh, I'm so excited. How does I'm and, very interested in how murder is the segue to this. Yeah. Well, or the connection. I was I was watching I was watching like a Twitch stream and they were talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! And I normally don't pay that much attention when they're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, but one of the one of the the hosts was like isn't the manga like super different? And the other host was like, "Yeah, it's pretty different." And they're like, "Doesn't Yugi like murder people?" <gasps> what? <laughs> and I was my ears immediately perked up, and I was yeah. like, "Excuse me." And I know <laughs> that I know that like the anime is darker, like the mm-hmm. the the subbed anime is darker than what we got um, in America. But I didn't remember Yugi murdering people, so I immediately was like, "I need to see if I can find this." And uh, they're not wrong. Oh, <laughs> wow. Dark Yugi is dark. <laughs> dark no. Yugi uh, does does not suffer any fools. <laughs> Damn. Huh. Uh, and is arguably not good. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. <laughs> that's, the, that's the murder I've been consuming. <laughs> <laughs> Who had the manga? Or where did you find it? I was able to find the first few volumes of it through the Ohio Digital Library. Cool. Uh, through my library. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I was I was kind of surprised. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to find it just because, yeah. like, I didn't know if it was one of those things that was like, well, it's that different. And they really did swerve away from that mm-hmm. um, once the, the card part of it. Because it's not even really about cards, the original <laughs> manga. Hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh! Means, means King of Games, which I didn't know. Oh. So every chapter is, like, him... Uh, sort of like seeking justice on like a bad or evil person by playing a game and the games all vary. Um, but also it's 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 God. frequently got He's like a jigsaw. saw vibe where it's like yeah. you're playing a game with them, but they're not going to survive this game. Jeez, we all know please. they're not gonna. Huh. <laughs> Yikes. Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. is Jigsaw. Yeah, you're Jigsaw, Yug. <laughs> Would you <laughs> recommend it? I mean, like putting aside what the we thought. a little. Nervous. I know. Like, I is this something I would want to read? I I am far more. Uh, I, I think if you're curious, it's worth checking out okay. even just the first volume because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's interesting. Like if you're at all familiar with Yu-Gi-Oh! The show, mm-hmm. um, I think you'll be interested in what it was originally conceived to be. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know how far into it I'm going to get because my understanding. Is that like when they had, I just read the chapter where they introduced the card game. And my understanding is that that chapter was really popular and people really liked the card game uh, game. Okay. And so that's sort of how it ended up being about cards. Mm. Um, and so mm. I don't know that I'll really care as much once it gets into that because that's the stuff I'm familiar with. But okay. um, very, very intrigued by the King of Games <laughs> version of Yu Gi Oh! Uh, where he is also a creepy murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. But doesn't know Unexpected. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but that's all. I, I wasn't even planning on bringing it up, but everybody talks about murder. <laughs> I want to join in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of murder. Yeah, I know, murder? right? I was going to say, we're not even going to stop talking about murder. Yeah. There's some murder in here. I, I definitely think so. Um, so let's jump right into it. So Infinity Reaper is our, our book club pick of the month. We can go back to this. I know, Doug, this was technically your pick but i think it's all of our pick because we so enjoyed the first one so i'm you can have a second pick if if you want but we all (laughs) really enjoyed infinity sun and for me you know i know we do thumbs up down in the middle at the end but i also really enjoyed this one and Mm -hmm. i i think it, it grew a lot from infinity sun so i was jazzed to read it and then it did not disappoint 
Yeah, I uh, I don't even remember how we came across the first one. Like, I don't remember whose pick that was. Mm-hmm. Just mine. I love Adam yeah. Silvera. Yeah. Okay, that that would have been my guess. Um, but yeah, I think we even talked about like, yeah, we'll keep reading these as they come out. And so mm-hmm. it seemed like a natural, natural pick. I also was not disappointed. I do think it's, I, I still think I like the first one a little better. I think this one definitely really? has some like middle, middle, um, middle entry of a trilogy vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's very different than what I expected based on how the last one ended. Mm-hmm. So I'll be excited mm-hmm. to talk about that too. But um, I say that, but I, I liked this a lot as well. So I, I don't say that to like downplay how much I enjoyed this one. Well, do we have a one sentence summary? Did anybody have uh, one prepared? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I put a, a little bit of, of thought unfortunate into events. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's pretty, pretty good. I, again, did the thing where I knew this was coming, but then didn't fully prepare. I feel like I would say a continuation of Infinity Sun that gets darker and clearer lines, loyalties get found out. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good way to put it. In my head, I still... Uh, this is beyond one sentence, but I, I always go back to it's about Emil and Brighton. So my yeah. sentence started with like a tale of two brothers. One is like delirious off his rocker and the other is like going to save the world. Um, but mm. I know it's it's about more than just Emil and Brighton. But I do think it's a good place to start. Like, I think it's kind of like the two different unique downward spirals of these two brothers that yeah. are both independent from and quantumly entangled with one another. Like, they both have their very specific spiral that they're going through that is not their own, like, that. that's totally different than what their brother's going through. But, like, they also can't separate from one another. Like, their, their, their spirals, like, are causing and affecting one another in such a like inseparable way yeah i do i do want to say i will talk about how i feel about brighton because i still feel very many ways but i was really impressed with how adam silvera wrote both of them uh, because they still felt very distinct and very individual despite all of their connections you know like Mm -hmm. uh, were they supposed to be twins before they knew or was it just... Yeah, they were supposed to be... Weren't they seven minutes apart? Okay. Yeah. I think is what, what they initially thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even when I thought, spoiler, uh, that they were still twins, <laughs> like they still felt <laughs> very separate. So I appreciated that about his, his writing style uh, for the yeah. two of them. Vicky, I'm yeah. interested. And we can check back in after... Doug, I don't think you gave... Did you give your one oh, sentence yeah. yet? I kind of just threw phrases out yeah, there yeah. Um, as people were talking like a rude person, uh, but I don't know how much I would add outside of those things. Okay. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's fair. And I don't think you're rude. Um, <laughs> like we're just having a conversation. Yeah. Uh, but Vicky, when you're talking about two brothers, one delirious yeah. and the other trying to save the world, I feel like depending on... Who I think I know your answer based on your feelings towards Brighton, but uh-huh. who you like connect to or resonate with, you could see either one of those, right? You could see either Emil as delirious, or you can see either Brighton as delirious. You yeah. could see either Emil as trying to save the world, or you can see either Brighton as trying to save the world. So I think I know who you would ascribe to who based on your feelings of Brighton in the last book. Brighton mm-hmm. as delirious, Emil is trying to save. Am I reading that right? 
you are and i but i do think and i would say i like i didn't write brighton off but i definitely came in thinking like you are not thinking clearly and behaving in a way that's like self-serving um and i I still felt that way at the end uh times 10 (laughs) however i do see like the nuance and like well you know maybe and i i can understand his perspective or like i get where he's coming from but i do think that i would say brighton is the one who's delirious in my opinion yeah I think they both take on that role at different points, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Like based on what they're going through at any given at any given point. But Brighton is like one thing that I think is really interesting, or, or a thing that happened, or a thing that Brighton thought about. I think this was all inner monologue that I thought was really interesting because it was in the book, but it also was like about the book at the same time. Was when Brighton was talking about like. If we were a TV show, the first season would have been all about oh, yeah. Emil, and the second uh-huh. season would be all about me. Mm. And I was like, "That's kind of what this book is is doing right now." Mm-hmm. There's definitely, I feel like we're getting a lot more Brighton perspective than we did in the first one. And so I think what's interesting about that is like I think it communicates very clearly something that I think you would have picked up on anyway, but then colors Brighton by having him be somebody who's like aware of what readers are going through which mm-hmm. is like kind of an interesting thing to do with your character <laughs> but it makes sense because he's all about like entertainment and he's like yeah. you know he wants his own tv show he wants to have a following he wants to be a celebrity so it makes sense he would be thinking in those terms yeah it's just an interesting meta thing that adam silvera did yeah yeah it was really interesting because based on finishing the last book i was definitely in brighton turns instantly evil yes. after drinking this That's potion same and i feel like it's happening again where now i'm at the end spoiler end of this book and i'm like oh. brighton is definitely evil this time but then i'm like in the third book is adam silvera gonna fucking toy with my expectations again and like make <laughs> me like or delay even longer like brighton's dive into i don't know uncaring uh or at least huh. what it seems to be uncaring, because I thought for sure we'd start off this book and they'd already be against each other instead of now at this book, I think they're definitely against each other. I feel more confident this time, but I'm still like, ooh, I don't know what's going to happen. So I thought it was really beautifully done, the start of this book, and then kind of taking on Brighton's perspective more and allowing us to see him more and see him act more level-headed uh, mm-hmm. Than I would have expected him to until the end. In the end, he acted exactly like I thought he was going to be at the beginning of the book. So I don't know. I still don't know what to think because fool me <laughs> once, right? Shame on yeah you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. So I don't know. <laughs> I did not put that together really or like think about it because I, I absolutely expected them to be instantly bad. So I wonder mm-hmm. if we're going to get tricked again and not maybe not tricked but it'll be different than i expect well part of that is why i say i think this one has a little bit of like middle entry trilogy vibes is because Mm -hmm. like at the end of the first book you're like oh okay here we go like brighton's gonna be the bad guy and then the second book sort of starts with like oh wait no jk and then builds (laughs) up to a moment where he's like oh wait here we go brighton's gonna be a bad guy and none of that is to say that anything that happens in this book is bad because it was fascinating to watch it happen Mm -hmm. 
over a longer period of time than we expected, I Mm -hmm. think, Mm -hmm. Um, and to get so much perspective from him. And I think unabashed perspective from him, you know, like I think he's he's very obvious. I, I think it's broadcast pretty early and pretty clearly that like, even if Brighton doesn't end up being the big bad, we're supposed to be nervous about and wary of Brighton. And we're mm-hmm. supposed to question his motivations. But I think because he's so honest with himself about what his own motivations are and with other people, mm. like you also are kind of like, okay, I don't really trust you, but I do get you. I do yeah. get you. And I that makes it complicated for me because I understand what you care about. And it's not inherently wrong for you to try to like build a brand and a product and and you know be you know a personality through entertainment but like the way you talk about it is odd you know <laughs> so like i do like that we got a little bit well a lot a bit more of that through mm-hmm. this second book as opposed to going immediately into it it's funny though you say like fool me once fool me twice thing i remember when we talked about the first book i think i had sort of convinced myself i think if i remember correctly a little bit more so uh, than the two of you did that like either Brighton or Emil could end up being sort of the corrupt one in the end. Mm. Um, and it's funny, I went through the same journey on this one. I was like, <laughs> surely you're not going to do the exact same thing where Brighton ends up being sort of like huh. the corrupted one at the end. So I was like, okay, so I could see a situation where like we're building throughout this whole book where Emil is talking about, we got to contain these powers. We got to lock these powers up. We got to build this potion, you know, whatever. And then at the moment where he finds out that Ness is still alive, I was like, there it is. That's exactly uh. what's going to happen. Emil's going to be corrupted and not going to want to give up his powers anymore because he's going to see them as valuable and he's going to see them as necess- like a necessary evil in order to get mm. back to Ness and that's going to like snap Brighton back and be like oh my gosh like what are we doing here that's not what happened but I did the exact same thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like it could be either one of them it could be either one of them <laughs> Adam Silvera taking us for a similar ride both times but we're still loving it and engaged it sounds like yeah <laughs> I- yeah I really liked, and I, I didn't remember them um, from the first book, but the Halo Knights. Oh, I yeah. I really, really liked learning about them, walking into their world. Yeah. I, I liked that the Phoenixes, and I, I think Adam Silver does this with a lot of stuff, like with the Gleam. It feels familiar, but so different. And mm-hmm. the Phoenixes, you know, I know a Phoenix. I know they reincarnate, but just the variety of Phoenixes and the differences and, and how they choose like their companion and all that stuff. I loved all of that. So I could read a whole book just on the, the Halo Knights. So, I would yeah. totally read that book. Yeah. Me too, for sure. Can we talk about Wyatt? As long as we're talking about yeah, Halo Knights, yeah. can we please talk about Wyatt? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I liked Wyatt. I liked, I liked Wyatt, Wyatt too. <laughs> Wyatt was also coming on real strong. <laughs> Instant. Let me take off my shirt. What do you think? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Are you seeing what I'm putting out? <laughs> like hopping off the Phoenix with like the mesh. Tank the mesh the shirt tight uh, pants or whatever. So funny. I loved it. So funny. I did like that they introduced Wyatt in like a way to kind of further complicate the story, right? Because Emil doesn't know Ness is alive. We know that Ness is alive. We know that oh, Ness yeah. is uh even while he's doing these terrible things, he's doing them to try and still protect Emil and Emil's mom and all this kind of stuff. 
so Ness is in like a really shitty position, but then you mm-hmm. see why it come in and why it does so much to kind of like charm and uplift Emil in an unabashed mm-hmm. way. Like, I'm just going to be here cheering for you. I'm going to yeah. do stuff that I am kind of opposed to right at the end when he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to help you save Ness. But really what I want to be doing is saving my Halo Knight brethren and Maribel. I forget the mm-hmm. other Halo Knight's name. Tala? Yes. Uh, I want to save Tala and Maribel, but I'm going to help you because I I care about you and I'm rooting for you so much. And so uh, I like kind of feel bad for Wyatt also because um, mm-hmm. I feel like I know Emil's like, oh, we'll see. But <laughs> it doesn't it didn't seem hopeful to me for Wyatt. It felt more hopeful for Ness. I wasn't expecting to feel bad for Wyatt until I realized like he actually cared. Yeah. Like I, I yeah. didn't think that Wyatt was being disingenuous by any stretch of the imagination, but I just kind of interpreted Wyatt as like, I'm hot, you're hot, let's be hot together. <laughs> um, and so when you find out that he actually like cares, I was like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Wyatt might have a shot because Ness... <sighs> It, it's complicated like how do you go back like they said themselves like they've only known each other for a month and not even really well but they feel this is ness and um Emil. like there's something there but they don't know what and ness had to do all of those terrible things and then ness tries to steal brighton's blood oh to yeah that was force intense. it you know like how do you move past that and especially when you don't have a strong relationship to start off of mm-hmm. so i could see them in the next book you know, will they, won't they, what are we going to do? And then somehow, Wyatt, why is there like long, long game? That's what I think. I think the key distinction for me, and we'll see what happens going further, because I don't expect that Wyatt is out of the picture by any stretch of the imagination. I think the big difference right now is that Emil has fought for Ness in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been presented with an opportunity or the the choice or been forced to decide to fight for Wyatt. Oh. And I think the the reason that stands out to me is because we have like a situation that we see in so many different things where it's like we have a main character who's like sort of meek, sort of quieter, sort of like not confident or doesn't like see themselves in particular ways and then suddenly finds themselves in a situation where like I have two people who are really attracted mm-hmm. to me. And I would be annoyed by that if it weren't for the fact that Emil made a choice to fight for somebody as opposed to those two people just fighting for him. Mm. And so right now I'm like, okay, well he's fought for Ness. So that makes him like he's, he's exercised like some agency over this relationship. I think what would really complicate it obviously is then like presenting a situation where he uh, has to fight uh, for Wyatt in some way. Cause that to me is the biggest obstacle in there being long-term potential for mm. a Wyatt, uh, Emil relationship although Wyatt did say like whatever their thing is is none of my business so who knows could be maybe Adam Silvera will just allow them both to be boyfriends yeah (laughs) Emil just has two boyfriends (laughs) you know who aren't boyfriends with one another but are both boyfriends with Emil who knows that'd be cool that would that would be the biggest subversion of all (laughs) that really would be that'd be really cool Huh. And then everybody's cool with it. I don't know. Ness Ness at the end, yeah. I forget what Wyatt said, but then Ness was like, 
all weird, like, oh, are you trying to, like, come between us or something? I can't remember exactly what Ness did, but I got, like, a distinctly jealous vibe or, like, protective yeah. vibe. I don't get the sense that they'd be cool with one another. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, which would probably complicate a uh, little uh, polyamory. Yeah. Everyone's got to agree to the rules. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't know that they're agreeing. Interesting. <laughs> what did you... Um, we can talk more about Wyatt and love and all that stuff, too, but I'm interested... When I was reading the political stuff, I know it's oh, very clearly oh like a not a real world, but like some of the things like when mm-hmm. I forget who it was, who kept saying they don't care about facts, like the voters. Oh, my gosh. They don't care right? about facts. Yes. I was having flashbacks. <laughs> and yes. And it, the truth doesn't matter anymore. People are going to yeah. believe like the first thing they hear. And by the time there's like a whole quote. Yeah. By the time somebody takes the time to research and, and debunk it, it's too late. It's already out there. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That ooh, it gave me goosebumps. Everything was – there were moments where I was reading this book where I was like, this is almost too real. Like, this is almost still sore. Yep. And, like, I feel like I – I feel like I've had a conversation with Adam Silvera about the state of the world <laughs> uh-huh. by reading this book more yeah. so than the last one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think in the oh, last one, man. the politics were, like, hinted at. And we didn't really talk about them at all. Um, and no. then this book, they were, like, front and center. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I know this world isn't real, but it feels very real right now. Yep. Yep. A little too real. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, I would love to, I'll have to look to see if if he's done many interviews about this book, uh, because I would love to know what original concepts and directions there were for the book, or if they changed at all or what, because this book has like a moment where it's sort of like, remember when like Luna was sort of like the biggest bad we could imagine because she's mm-hmm. trying to create like immortality through like killing fantasy beasts and like drinking fantasy beast magical creature blood. Actually, the big bad is just the guy running for president. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When that, did that you felt decide very that? significant to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it like it hurt more than a usual book when just when you think like they were going to get the upper edge or get out of a situation, Iron would come back and like twist it around to make it even Oof. worse for them. Like that yeah. I felt in my chest every time I read it. Like I think the last part, especially when Ness, he made Ness go out there and then they shot him with the wand. Um, yeah. It just hurts. Ugh. Yeah. The last like third of that book was just like me thinking oh my gosh this is finally the time where they can expose and it's going to be great and people will like see and then instantly uh iron is out there swooping the narrative into what serves Mm -hmm. him and then okay all right here's another shot they've gotta like this is the time where it's gonna happen and then again it's being twisted so it's like gosh darn it every time i had hope it just got crushed (laughs) <laughs> I thought you were going to say pain. I thought you were going to say the last third of the book was just pain. I mean, that's basically it. <laughs> What's wild about that is like, it almost feels like if we had read this book six years ago, it would be almost unbelievable, right? Yeah. We're like, come on, this guy can't do this. Like, this isn't, this is not believable, Adam Silvera, oh, no. that this guy can just keep turning it around. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but nope. <laughs> yeah. We know that it's, it's very believable. Yeah. 
pain and cool phoenixes the last third of the book heck yeah i am really down for um emil becoming a halo knight i feel like that'd be really cool i do like that I like that as like a re- not. Re- I know they're like eighteen, so they're not retiring, but like a retirement. Like I'm going to <laughs> rescind my powers. They and deserve I'm it. Going to be a phoenix person. Yeah, they've done a lot, and I, I think twice they referenced it's been a month. Like this whole thing has happened in a month. Oh my and that's gosh! Yikes! Wild. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they definitely deserve a break at a certain point. What do y'all think about the further development of, I guess, Emil and Maribel's, uh characters and they're kind of quote-unquote time traveling i liked that mechanic with the retro cycle it felt different uh it took me a while to wrap my head around it but i i liked it and i thought it provided good like insight because like bautista wasn't really like a full-fledged character just kind of like mm-hmm. an idea of who, this is who this person is and what they stand for or like what they did um so it was neat to kind of get that glimpse into those last few minutes but like the love that they shared bautista and sarah uh-huh. um and a little bit of like the what could have been had the timeline been altered i like that they couldn't mess with the timeline they could just like learn from it mm-hmm. so i thought that was cool i enjoyed it yeah i really liked the retro cycling thing and to me that right there is probably the thing that we've been introduced to through these two books that i could see being like having the most potential for like expanding out the world like i could Mm -hmm. see a whole other book just about other i I know that they're rare in this world but you know you could expand the universe out as much as you want or as far as you want um a whole sort of story about characters like emile and maribel who can do this who are forced to use retrocycling in order to solve some sort of problem. I mean, that's what they do here, but it's like one of the many tools along the way. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we got more Maribel. Yeah. I felt like at the end of the last book, I was like, I feel like I was supposed to care more about Maribel, but we didn't get that much about her. <laughs> so I'm glad that in the second book, she's a primary narrator um, or one of the primary narrators. Like I, I was, I was happy to see that probably more of a secondary narrator. Cause the brothers, brothers get the vast majority of that, but yeah. Um, but, you know, without a doubt, she was the other the other person who told the story. So very happy to get more of her. Me too. She's still so intense, though. Her intensity oh, yeah. hasn't changed at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if anything, it's gotten, <laughs> it's been turned up. Um, yeah. But I was surprised with, like, with the end. Yeah. Uh, I mean, spoil. We, hopefully everybody knows right now we're just, like, spoiling everything. With the yeah. end, with her intensity... I didn't think Luna dangling, oh, well, I know this about, you know, this other side of your family. I didn't think that would be enough to stop her from killing Luna. I thought she would totally still do that. Um, So I was very surprised when they were riding off on the Phoenix, her, uh, Luna, and uh, Tala. I was not expecting Mm -hmm. that at all. I was not either. I really didn't think she'd... I feel like it's bait, and I really didn't think she'd take that bait. But now mm-hmm. that I'm thinking about it, because I was thinking, like, that's a Brighton-level surprise, where, you know, he drank the <laughs> Reaper's blood. But, you know, <laughs> Maribel was in on that, too. And she had decided with Brighton that he was going to mm. go and drink it. So that sh- maybe it shouldn't have surprised me that she kind of, I don't know, made a decision that seems off. She's a little chaotic neutral. Like, she's pretty chaotic, <laughs> and it doesn't seem to follow any particular 
sort of like I'm chaotic because I always want to do what's right or I'm chaotic because I am a bad person. It's more like I'm chaotic because I am interested in my very specific sort of like goals and the things that I care about. And so I I definitely wasn't expecting it. But yeah, Vicky, like in retrospect, I kind of, even if I don't fully understand it, I like feel it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I can kind of see that, but entirely open to it just being like, you know, not what she expects it to be because Luna. Right. And Luna even said, she said, you know, in June, June is like kind of there, but not all the way there. So even if she, like she knew, even if Luna isn't lying and can bring Atlas back, he's not going to be full Atlas. And I, I feel I, well, I wanted to believe and, you know, I don't know, but like that Marybelle wouldn't be influenced by and like Atlas definitely wouldn't. And not that I know him that well. He's not, you know, my friend or anything, but like it doesn't seem that <laughs> Atlas would have wanted to be brought back partial or you know not whole or as a ghost so i don't know yeah yeah i mean the way the way luna described june uh as like a husk basically like nothing's really there doesn't sound like oh you know who i should then make have that like happen to the person who i love most in the world right uh that doesn't sound like a fate i would want for anybody that i love and i feel like luna hinted at oh, well, maybe we can get it better. And I feel Mm. like maybe that's why. Did you all get that vibe? So we've learned from June. And now that I know this about you, we can explore this uh, side of your family and see if there are ways we can, like, do this rejuvenation or reincarnation. I don't know what type of word. This bringing back from the dead. (laughs) This zombification. straight up resurrection. Resurrection. Yes, yes, yes. Um. Better because you have this power now. Um, it's like Luna's fucking fucked you up so many times. Why are you trusting her in this instant? No, but I get it though. I I love stories like that for some reason, <laughs> even though they're always heartbreaking. Like, um, like Full Metal Alchemist oh, has yeah. vibes very much like that, where it's like we just want this person back so much that we cannot listen to reason. Like we're so Mm -hmm. heartbroken and we're so driven by the sheer possibility of something that no one's even accomplished yet. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like Spider-Man has a pretty uh, like the comics has like a pretty uh, polarizing uh, storyline where a character who was permanently killed off or was understood to be permanently killed off uh, was like resurrected, like straight up resurrected. And then that character had to like reckon with that because it wasn't their decision. Oh, um, it was somebody else's decision to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So like uh, I, I love stories like that because You're I feel right. like they don't follow, like there's no there's no rational thinking in those types of stories. And I feel like I get it, you know? Yeah. I'm like, of course, of course you're not. Th- like you have this one chance this tiny glimmer of hope and they're always sort of heartbreaking. <laughs> Maybe it's yeah. just like that raw emotion that I'm like, Oh gosh, that hurts so much. Uh, you know, that, that I, that I appreciate from stories like that. But, yeah. um, I mean, you're still always sitting there like, no, don't believe them. Don't do the thing. <laughs> don't do that. It's never going to be what you want. Yeah. Uh, it hurts on multiple levels, it. right? Like the person yeah. who is trying so hard to bring it back, uh, or bring the other person back, the person who, if they do get brought back, if they have some sort of consciousness, generally they're like, oh, I was like kind of feeling the dead thing, you know? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and then like knowing, especially with this, with Luna, nothing's going to end well that she's involved with. Oh man. Yep. What if it's not Luna? What do you That mean? honestly is like a possibility in this series because there yeah. are now at least two characters who have the ability to morph. Oh, to shapeshift? <laughs> do you think it's Ness or do you think it's his dad? Or someone I, I else? A third she was training. I'm tr- yeah, I'm trying to think of like who else it could be, but I feel like it that would be a, a trick because I'm definitely assuming <laughs> it's Luna. Yeah, it's possible. I I feel like it is based just on the like Luna's knowledge, although she could have been totally making whoever it was could have totally been making stuff up. But the knowledge of the family and like, oh, I married this person. This was their power. They we had your mom type stuff. Maribel didn't even know that stuff. So then how would whoever's impersonating her? I was thinking it's like they killed Luna and well, maybe they're bringing Black Luna dead, but like maybe they just took somebody else from the prison. Oh, oh, like what if it's not Luna at all? Like not even somebody who looks like her. What if it's totally, I mean, that's totally, yeah. I was misinterpreting what you were saying. (laughs) I I see what you're saying now, yeah. And I don't don't know who else it could be. Um, I'm sure there's some hmm. wrongfully imprisoned people in there. Oh, (gasps) oh, Atlas's parents were there. But then there was only, oh, and there were only three people on the Phoenix. Vicky's mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> gears are turning. Where's yeah. that next book? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're writing Adam. Yeah. Adam. Adam. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I can't wait till we read it and none of what we think is going to happen happens. <laughs> I know. Oh, I fully expect that to be the case. <laughs> we'll have to come back and listen and be like, oh, oh well. Ooh. What fools we were. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I did want to talk about the end, though. Well, I guess I was pleasantly surprised when the book just like picked up right where we left off and we were right mm-hmm. in the middle of action. And I felt like the entire book had something going on with one character. So it was constantly moving, which I liked. But the end, it had more of an ending, I felt like, than the other book. Like it ended and we weren't in the, the smack dab middle. I mean, I had thought Brighton was bad anyway uh, so it wasn't like a shocker for me at the ending but I kind of like that it it seemed to have more resolution to leave me on because I'm sure it's going to be another year or so before we get the next installment this one's definitely still a cliffhanger but it's not it is high stakes but it's not as it's not as immediate high stakes there's not like life or death in the balance like Brighton really (laughs) Prime really fucked over Emil uh, yeah. by putting that shit out there about his uh, him being multiple people, Batista mm-hmm. and Keon. Um, I was like, what the hell, Brighton? You can't like there were some things like when he was kind of weaponizing his dad's death uh, in a mm-hmm. moment of like oh fury and wanting to hurt Dude. Emil. Not cool, but you can come back from that. When you blow your brother's secret, that will then make him the most, like, hated and hunted person. Uh, That's, like, a little bit harder to redeem yourself from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's so funny. I feel like I should have seen it coming, but I fully did not see coming the fact that, like, Brightsiders was going to basically become (laughs) its own sort of, like, kind of, like, guerrilla faction. Yeah. Like, that's the vibe I'm getting, right? Like, he's rallying... 
he's rallying up his followers. Although I do, I like that this book acknowledges that like he lost a bunch of followers and plenty of people were like, dude, what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Um, But what that means is like the followers that stick around are going to be his most extreme followers. So he's basically creating like a little uh, political force basically Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm sure is not going to be doing great things. (laughs) Yeah. Adam Silver did really well crafting Brighton and like his slow descent into like, I'm going to drop little hints of Infinity Reaper, but yeah. I'm still going to mm-hmm. call myself Infinity Savior or whatever, right? Because oh that gosh. sounds nice. Yeah. And the then, fact that he called himself a savior, though. Oh, my uh-huh. gosh. Bro. I, Brighton's ego is massive. I was honestly surprised. And I loved uh, when Prudencia was like, uh, do you think you saying that is going to hurt me? When she he at the end, he was like, well... I'm, like, too good for you anyway. And she's like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? <laughs> I love that. Me too. Uh, there were uh, a, a little bit of, like, fifth-year Harry Potter vibes yes, coming off of yes. Brighton. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> totally. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> the chosen oh. one. Yeah. Sit uh, down. Yeah. But I really, I really liked how that, like, final, I guess, like, seal the deal when he phased his hand into Stanton's heart and then was like fucking smiling over it. That was such a visceral image in my mind. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was so, so well crafted um, Mm -hmm. and so like terrifying. I can't even imagine. I mean, I I can't imagine, but like Prudencia and Emil and the people witnessing that and being like, what the fuck just happened? Uh, We Mm -hmm. definitely, we need to do something instantly because this is not okay. That was like very much a mid-season finale moment for me. <laughs> like if this actually were a TV show, like I feel like that would happen at the mid-season point where they like leave you for six weeks to be like, wait a sec. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I liked that because I, for me too, that sealed the deal like, ooh, this he's no good. But I liked that when they got back to the sanctuary, they're like, okay, so like, what do you think? Is this redeemable or not? And they were going to go talk about it before Brighton acted in his manner. So I, I liked that approach because I had assumed like they were going to come back and like, I don't know, do something, give him the potion, be done. I was not expecting that last little like nest plan. Though. No, not at all. That yeah. got me. Same. In that in that part, I don't exactly remember what he said, but Brighton did one of his like cutting comments to make a meal ness like feel bad and he had said like oh usually emil would just like sulk out of the room but he's standing his ground and i was like good for emil he's growing and <laughs> i didn't think about that until after i finished it when i was like oh dang it it was ness like yeah. that's why because i wanted emil to like feel like his brother couldn't speak to him that way or make him feel a certain way but that's okay next time maybe <laughs> <laughs> I'm rooting for Emil to have some moments like that. Yeah. Like I don't I don't I don't need Emil to like change at his core or anything. Like no. he's I feel like he he probably resonates with a lot of people, but I do think based on based on the situation he's in, the sort of <laughs> the extreme circumstances he's in, um and the fact that he has this sort of like classic young adult like love triangle thing going on, mm-hmm. I do want to see that moment happen at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I have a couple little things uh, that I just want to mention. One is more just a mention. One is a question. Um, did you all catch the little uh, novel gaming relevant Easter egg towards the beginning of the book? 
who was a reference to an author that we have read on this very show. Oh, damn. There was a Dr. Oshiro who used (gasps) they, them pronouns and who had tattoos on their hands. What? Oh, my gosh. Were they with Dr. (laughs) The other doctor who had Dr. Bose? Yeah. Yeah. So there was Dr. Bose. No, no, I think I think Oshiro walks away fine. But but there was Dr. Bose, who was like the main doctor, but then another doctor comes in named Dr. Oshiro, um, who used they, them pronouns and oh had tattoos on their hands. Oh, hey. And I was like, there's no way this is a coincidence. So Good I friends. double checked to make sure that Mark Oshiro had tattoos on their hands and they do. And I was like, that is so freaking cool. They're probably friends. Oh, that's so cool. I love that so much. Isn't that fun? Oh, yes. <laughs> if you all ever write books, you can make me a character that doesn't die. Okay. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the other thing, do you all think, did you get this same ominous vibe that I got? Do you think that that kid that sort mm. of turns on a meal is going to come back at some point in some way? I feel like that was a prominent moment. And I was like, this kid's going to come back. And I didn't really know how, but I feel like maybe he becomes a bright, like one of the bright siders and we will see that kid again. I think we totally could that because I, that was a prominent point. And I remember like that made me feel like, oof, that was rough. So I bet he does. Because he has a very specific reason to hate Emil in that he yeah. views Emil as the reason his mom dies. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like why you like why her and not you? And so like that right there is an entire motivation for that kid to become a character. Yeah. Um, I mean, Emil kind of talked out what he <gasps> expects to see happen, right? This kid grows up, he gets stronger, he comes back, he kills me and everyone I love. Right, yeah. that's why I'm like wondering. Like that feels like a really significant thing. Like, I I don't know that I I would want to treat that as a prophecy at face value because it would be like almost too broadcasted. But it made me feel like there's no way we're supposed to just like forget about that kid. Right. This is the end. He's yeah. a shifter, wasn't he? He projected illusions he, like illusion. his mom. Okay. 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 But he was able to project the illusion over himself. Okay. Yeah. So like he can't totally shift, but he could like kind of fuck you up (laughs) he projected his like dad yelling and his mom dying right yeah he like projected his dead mom over himself right and like yelled at emil that way like or something like that yeah Mm -hmm. don't forget this face exactly yikes yeah i feel like he'll definitely be back yeah yeah (laughs) don't remember that kid's name darren uh, it's darren Dang, Vicky, what a memory. Yeah. <laughs> Something I wanted to mention, did either of you read um, Adam Silvera's acknowledgments? No. I did. They were so cute. And yeah. also, much love to Adam Silvera. Oh, I'll have to read those. I like hybrid. I read and listened. So when I finished the book, I was listening to oh, it, okay. and they didn't include that in the audio. It's it's pretty brief, and sometimes I read them, sometimes I don't. Um, but the it's in the first paragraph, so it's not a spoiler. But one of the things I hadn't thought about was <laughs> spoiler for the acknowledgments. Yes, for the acknowledgments. <laughs> in case, well, you know, you're spoiling everything. Not spoil it. Uh, he talks about editing in the pandemic, and I oh. even like wintering to me feels like a pandemic book, but it was written before the pandemic and just published during the pandemic. This mm-hmm. might be the first book I've read that was actively like worked on during the past year, which just was a mm-hmm. weird 
it was weird. And he just talked about like the mental health and like the therapy and how that's been so helpful um, and like people helping him along the way. So I, I thought it was a really nice acknowledgements page and really helped me think more um, about how the past year has maybe influenced the writing, not the political stuff, but like just in general, the state of the world. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting to read and, and kind of look at the book through the lens, um, knowing it was it's really recent. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, I'm reading through them now. Oh, hey, there's Marco Shiro. Oh, yeah. shoot! They're definitely uh, friends. Bestie. They've got a group chat. Yeah. Group um, chat. And yeah, these uh, are really, really sweet. Also, shout out to librarians. Yeah. What up? <laughs> yeah, and therapists like yep. uh-huh. uh, who literally keeps me alive. Like, what an amazing, yeah. what an amazing shout out. And I mean, it, one of the things I did appreciate of the about the book in general is how much everyone's like, you know, who'd help you process this? <laughs> A therapist. <laughs> you know who we should yep. go talk to about all this trauma? A therapist. So I really did appreciate. Yep. Um, and it's good to see that the author has a therapist in his corner. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Are there any other things y'all want to talk about with this book? I think that's all I've got for now. Mm-hmm. Cool. I would give it a thumbs up for sure. I might have liked it even more than the first one, maybe, or at least just as much. I definitely give it a thumbs up as well. And I feel like talking about it even bumped it up mm-hmm. even more for me. So... Uh, I don't even know if I can say as confidently as I did at the top of this that I liked the first one more. Um, I don't know if I could confidently say I like this one more either. I just like them both a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so excited for when we can finally talk about the third one. Woo. Me too. I'm uh, dittoing to all your comments. Thumbs up on my end. And it is just a trilogy, <laughs> right? So this last one will hopefully have closure and know. resolution for real? Or is there going to be know? more? I had in my head four Oh, I don't know what would have informed that. I because it's a cycle, and in my head, cycle means four. I don't know. It's That's like true because, like, it, it, it at the very least doesn't limit it to three, right? Yeah. Oh, that could be a surprise. We think we're done with three, and then <laughs> surprise another cliffhanger. <laughs> Adam uh, Silvera, you're putting us through so much. Yeah, <laughs> and we love it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Well, either way, three, four, or maybe more, I'm excited to keep reading this series with y'all. Yeah. And we'll oh, keep yeah. sharing them with the pod. Yeah. Heck yeah. So if you want to keep reading the series with us and tell us your thoughts on uh, Infinity Reaper by Adam Silvera, feel free to send us an email at novelgamingpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at NovelGamingPod. Uh, we really appreciate it whenever you rate, review, and subscribe to Novel Gaming wherever you listen to podcasts. And we extra appreciate it when you do that old word of mouth and tell a friend, or maybe not even a friend, an acquaintance, right? Or just a random stranger. <laughs> thanks for listening with us, and uh, or thanks for listening to us. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Okay, book news. This is Adam Silvera's Twitter. Infinity Cycle is officially a trilogy, and book three will publish in 2022. <gasps> yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 